one of the all-time favorite shows. story. I went into the wood one day and there I walked and lost my way. When it was so dark I could not see, a little creature came to me. He said if I would sing a song the time would not be very long. But first I must let him hold my hand tight or else the wood would give me a fright. I sang a song, he let me go, but now I'm home again. There's nobody I know. Stevie Smith. Yeah, I didn't like it. I was like, you did him the flavor and then he fucked up your world. I know, I know. That's how people are like, always go around and treat you. Yeah. Too bad. Like, not good. Welcome to our second Trigger Treat Thursday, where we are opening with a spooky poem from um the Kingfisher book of scary poems. And Emer is going to delight us with another ghost story. Yeah, so um, there's actually, I, it's going to sound lame, but there's a website called scaryforkids.com and it. It, it's like all full of scary games and that. So if you've got kids and it's coming up to Halloween and you want to do like scary games and that they have kid-friendly ones, but I tell you what, I've read some of these in the run-up to this. Some of these ain't so kid-friendly. <laughs> but um, So I picked two and now the first one is kind of almost folklore It's called Yellow Ribbon. Um, and it's like a Wisconsin, sorry, Polly, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I do like to do that accent, uh, although I am terrible at it. But yeah, so people might know this one already. I kind of had a vibe that I knew this was, but um, I'm going to say it anyway. And let me know if you are getting any, if it's taking something in your brain. So uh, Jane wore a yellow ribbon around her neck every day. And I mean every day, rain or shine, whether it matched her outfit or not. It annoyed her best friend Johnny after a while. He was her next door neighbor and had known Jane since she was three. When he was young, he had barely noticed the yellow ribbon, but now they were in high school together, it bothered him. Why do you wear that yellow ribbon around your neck, Jane? He'd ask her every day, but she wouldn't tell him. Still, in spite of this aggravation, Johnny thought she was cute. He asked her to the soda shop for an ice cream sundae. But so nice and it spelled like shoppy s-h-o-p-p what a shoppy um sorry no it's delightful um and then he asked her to watch him play in the football game then he started seeing her home and come the spring he asked her to the dance the dance the dance and the dance. <laughs> jane always said yes when he asked her out and she always wore a yellow dress to match the ribbon around her neck it finally occurred to johnny that he and jane were going steady and he didn't know why she wore the yellow ribbon around her neck. So he asked her about it yet again, and yet again, she did not tell him. Maybe someday I'll tell you about it, she'd reply. Someday? That answer annoyed Johnny, but he shrugged it off because Jane was so cute and fun to be with. These, so a lot of people will put up with if you're just if the other person's good looking. If you're, yeah, yeah. What is that, that pretty privilege? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, what was it, an episode of uh, 30 Rock? And it was John Hamm was going out with Tina Fey and he was like shit at tennis and no one would tell me he was shit at it because he was good looking. And she was kind of a bit like going, did, did anyone ever tell you that like you're terrible at X, Y and Z? And he goes, no. And then it's like such a revelation to him that no one's saying anything to him because he's pretty. It's just that, that goddamn pretty privilege. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, time flew past as a habit of doing. 
and one day Johnny proposed to Jane and was accepted. They planned a big wedding and Jane hinted that she might tell him about the yellow ribbon around her neck on their wedding day. But Ooh. somehow, mm, yes, what a run-up. <laughs> I mean, of all the anticipation on a wedding day, being told what the yellow ribbon around your, your soon-to-be wife's like, um, not sure if that's what the build-up is all about. But somehow, what with the preparations on his beautiful bride and the lovely reception, Johnny never got around to asking Jane about it. And when he did remember, she got a bit teary-eyed and said, we're so happy together. What difference does it make? And Johnny decided she was right. Johnny and well, Jane. has a point, like. Yeah, he's like, at this stage now, it's like just her favorite necklace. Just give it up. Yeah. Although at this stage, if she's a kid, you know, does it grow with her? Does she wash it? I have questions too. I'm, I'm kind of there with Johnny, but I'm intrigued. So Johnny and Jane raised a family of four with the usual ups and downs, laughter and tears. When their golden anniversary rolled around, Johnny once again asked Jane about the yellow ribbon around her neck. It was the first time he brought it up since the week after their wedding. Whenever their children asked him about it, he'd always hush them. And somehow none of the kids had dared to ask their mother. Jane gave Johnny a sad look and said, Johnny, you've waited this long. You can wait a while longer. And Johnny agreed. It was not until Jane was on her deathbed a year later that Johnny, seeing his last chance slip away, asked Jane one final time about the yellow ribbon she wore around her neck. She shook her head a bit at his persistence and then said with a sad smile, Okay, Johnny, you can go ahead and untie it. With shaking hands, Johnny fumbled for the knot and untied the yellow ribbon around his wife's neck. And Jane's head fell off. Dun, dun, dun. Uh. <laughs> so that was some super, super strength yellow ribbon. It kept yes. her head, her neck and her head combined together since she was but just a child. But just a child. Yeah, um, so uh, I tell you, some good Wisconsin yellow ribbon for sale there, people. Yeah, if you're ever looking for something to really put you together, there you go. And that man has either patience or he doesn't really care because it doesn't bother him enough. Like you're seeing it every day and it's not until like it's sporadically like, what's with the neck? Yeah, there's a part of me that was like, Johnny, let it go. But also there was a part of me that's like, Jane, just fucking tell him. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. He deserves to know he's your husband. He's a father to your children. Yeah. So I have one more. And there was another one that read through text messages and it was very good, but I couldn't find it again. And so this one is again read through text message. So I'll be saying the names of the two people texting each other. And so, yeah. So this is, we need to talk about Lucy. And it's a story about parents of a strange six-year-old girl. And the story is told in the form of a chat conversation. So Steve is texting Liz. So Steve, Liz, where are you? Liz replies, I just got home. Why? Steve says, no, sorry, there's going to be Steve. And then Liz says, so it, it's better when you read it, but just bear with me. I'm going to do what my no, best. You're fine. Yeah. So Liz is like, I just got home. Why? Steve, listen to me. You need to get out of the house now. Liz says, why? What's going on? Steve, it's not safe. There's no time to explain. Liz says, what about Lucy? Steve says, leave her. Bear in mind, this is a six-year-old child. Leave her. Don't look for her. Don't go near her. Liz, Steve, please, you're scaring me. Tell me what's going on. Steve, there's no time, Liz. Are you still in the house? And Liz's like, of course I am. Why are you acting so crazy? Steve, please just do what I say. You need to hide 
now. Hi. I feel like this is one of those conversations that Steve should have just picked up the phone and rung her. My God, this could have been explained so much easier. Of course, obviously, they're building the anticipation yeah. and the tension, but this could have been done in a two-second phone call. Yeah. Anyway, um, Steve says, you need to hide now. Liz says, hide. Hide from who? Steve replies, from Lucy. Something's happened. She's dangerous. And he's like, dangerous? But she's a six-year-old. Steve, we always knew something wasn't right. Liz says, but she's our little girl. And then Steve says, we don't know where she came from. We don't know anything about her. Liz, they got her in a tree. I know. I mean, like, it's not like if they got her on done deal. Like, there was a whole adoption process to this. But in fairness, they adopted that child who ended up being that, like, adult that time. So, yeah, this this vibes of the orphan, but just a little differently. Liz says, I know this past year has been hard. Steve replies, hard. Liz, she killed our dog. He's like, but it was an accident. Steve replies, really? You believe that was an accident? Liz says, I believe, Lucy. Steve, the woman at the orphanage was acting strangely that day. You must have noticed that at least. Obviously, happy to get a quick sale off their hands. Liz replies, I guess. No, I don't know, Steve. Steve replies, please, Liz, get out of the house. Stop texting me. You need to leave now. When I'm shouting, it's because it's an all cap. Just FYI. Liz replies to this frantic message going, I don't understand. Where is Lucy? Steve, she's there with you. Somewhere in the house. The babysitter called me. She said Lucy's eyes look funny this morning. Liz, funny how? Steve, her eyes had turned completely black. And Liz rightfully replies, is she okay? What if she needs us? Steve replies, what she needs, Liz, is a priest. Someone who knows how to deal with this. <laughs> Liz says, deal with what? You're not telling me anything. Steve replies, the babysitter said she was acting strange, stranger than usual. When she tried to look at her eyes, Lucy started screaming. She screamed until she threw up. Liz replies, she must be sick. Steve says, she threw up a bird, Liz. The remains of a dead baby bird. Yep. So Liz is like, sorry, what? Steve says, I feel uh, Steve should have led with um, hey, Liz, uh, something really fucked up going on in the house. Uh, the child threw up a bird. Best get out. He could even say, I'm in the hospital with her. She threw up a dead bird. Anything to get her out of a house. Like, Steve's a dick. I get where he's coming from, but he is wording this horrifically wrong. To get his point across. Yeah. Anyway, so Liz is all like, you what? And Steve says, a dead baby bird. It came out of her mouth. So Liz is all like, OMG. Steve says, the babysitter called me and told me she was going to leave. That Lucy was scaring her. Liz rightfully replies, so she left. Why is her car still in the driveway? Steve says, the paramedics found her around the corner from her house. Steve also said, oh, yeah, sorry, this is worded terribly, with stab wounds all over her body. I don't know how she did it, but she managed to call 911 for help. They asked her who did this to her. She told them it was Lucy. Liz, Ew. this is why you need to leave the house right now. Oh, my God. The daughter stabs the babysitter <laughs> for like what has to be five minutes of text messages before she says or before he says our six year old stabbed the babysitter. So Liz starts getting really freaked. Steve, the doors, the windows, they're all locked. I can't open them. Steve's like, what? What do you mean? How is that possible? 
It's like they've been jammed shut. Steve again is like, OMG, you need to hide. I'm almost home. I'm two blocks away. Hide somewhere she can't get to. Try the attic. Liz replies, I'm scared. Please hurry. Steve says, I'm almost there. Coming in through the garage. Going to use an axe to break the door down. Liz says, OK, I'll be nearby. Steve, did you find the axe? It should be in the corner where the gardening tools are. Steve, Steve, where are you? Honestly, Steve, hurry, please. Hello? And then Steve replies, hello, mummy. Steve, oh, oh no, Steve was the daughter. Steve was Lizzie. Or did Steve find the axe, but it was in Lizzie's hand and Lizzie killed Steve? Yeah, I'd say he it was him for the most part. And then when he came into the house, Lucy found him, killed him, found where the axe was, thanks to the messages, if she didn't already have it. And uh, now she is taking over the tax message. Possibly, yeah. like if I was Liz, I'd be like, here, Lizzie, go back through Lucy, go back through the photo of the conversation there and see that actually I was quite on your side. So we could have a lovely little life together. Yeah, we could say a burglar came in, killed your dad, killed yeah. the babysitter. It's all cheap, you know. don't worry. Yeah, either that or swift uh, hand to the forehead. That's going to stop Lucy. She's only six. Yeah. She has killed two adults and eaten a bird. Yeah, well, the bird was for protein. Well, this is it. Maybe that's where she got her superhuman strength. Yeah, that bird power. Gorge. Um, so, yeah, there are so much more. There was also a really good one where it was, a again, a text message between the father and the son. The father's out working and the son is studying. And then he's like, do you want me to read your bed story? And he's like, oh, you haven't done that to me since I was like a kid. And then he goes, the dad was there saying, I can give you one that's really scary. And then through the text message, it's about this guy who um, goes into a house, slaughters the parents and sees a child. And then it looks like as if he's about to kill the child. And he's like, no, but he decided he was going to raise him. And that child's name was Tommy. And then the son's like, my, my name is Tommy. And then he's like, nine, nine, son. And then he's also like, lol. So you don't know. Lol, lol, lol. If that's the dad just trying to scare the piss out of the son. Or, or if he killed Tommy's real parents and he just raised him as his own. Oh, yeah. So like there are some really good ones. Um, like I said, there's also games, uh, videos and stuff like that. It says it's for kids. The one where it's like slaughtered the parents. I'm kind of like, I, I don't think that that's like perfect, but you know. I imagine it's something we would have told us, or told each other when we were younger. So I kind of get it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's a good way to test the limit of what kids can take. Exactly. In the, yeah. Exactly. Well, I really enjoyed that, Mimer. Thank you so much. Yeah, I like to think I put in the the ambiance of how people would be texting each other. <laughs> good. It was very good. Um, make sure to come back to us um, at the start of next week where we will be discussing the um, third and fourth exorcist. Yes. And it's going to be very interesting. I can't wait to hear your full take on the third exorcist. I I have to say, I, I do like it. Uh, I have also some points on it and yeah, like, I mean, overall good, but mm, yeah, yeah. There, there was again, junior inter- interference. So, you yeah. know, as happens. It's, it's crazy because you kind of go, oh, it was like 
it was ages ago and for some reason that was acceptable and then you kind of go actually it wasn't that long ago no not at all no never should have been acceptable anyway but um for some reason was more acceptable at a certain time um but yeah this was definitely I feel in the realm of the time that it wasn't Um, oh yeah so yeah make sure to give us a follow on Instagram um because you're home with an underscore in between each word and you can follow us and follow follow with your ears and have a listen to us um yeah, uh, everyone follows with their ears and you can listen to us on most podcast platforms. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, you can give us a rate and review. See play. And if that's not up your alleyway, but still like what you hear from us on a weekly basis, then just go tell a friend. Tell a friend, please. Yes. Spread the word, people. And we will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye.